0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mainline Minute, presented by Home Field Apparel. As always, I am your host, Tommy Godin, and I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season and a very happy New Year. It feels like it's been a while, you know, since I've had the opportunity to come on this podcast and talk with you guys. But we've got a lot to to discuss, and it's going to start with a 68 to 66 overtime win against Creighton. On the road, spoiling Doug McDermott's jersey retirement out there in Omaha. Then we'll touch on the win out in Chicago. Villanova's 84-48 dominant victory over the DePaul Blue Demons before we preview Wednesday's matchup back home to open a three-game homestand against the Xavier Musketeers. But we will start where it all started chronologically a couple of Wednesdays ago, the 20th of December, uh, with that win over Ken Palm's number 16th-ranked team, the Creighton Blue Jays, on the road. Like I mentioned, Doug McDermott, Jersey Retirement Night. And this was a game, I mean, it was a while ago, so I'll take you guys back a little bit. At the onset of the second half, the Blue Jays had a lead as much as 14 points. It was 41-27. Um, and over the final 17 minutes of regulation, Villanova kind of chipped away uh, at Creighton's lead. They shot 55.6% in the second half and eventually tied the game with four minutes to go. And it would remain in a stalemate uh, to going overtime where Trey Alexander kind of put the team on his back in that overtime session for the Creighton Blue Jays. Unfortunately for them, it was not enough. Um, Eric Dixon led all scores with 32 points for Villanova, while Hakeem Hart contributed 10 points off the bench. Uh, Villanova shot 40 percent, 40.9 percent from the game, and 52.9 percent after halftime. Uh, they had 10 steals. Villanova did, including four from Jordan Longino, which was impressive. They moved to two and one in overtime games this year. What a win! you know, going through the Big East schedule, I think if they put it in front of you um, right before conference play opened, um, you would kind of circle the big three games, right? You would circle Creighton, you would circle Marquette, and you would circle UConn on the road. Historically, these are games that Villanova struggles with, and um, the way that they, you know, have been playing going into this one, um, a, a loss would have been okay. It would not have been the worst thing in the world, but They were able to find a way without arguably their best player, Justin Moore, to go on the road out in Omaha and steal that game. I don't think that could say any more about how together this group is, um, how together this team is in general. Uh, What a gutsy effort. I mean, for any team to go out on the road and pick East play. Villanova, at the time of this recording, is the only team to win on the road in conference play so far this season. Granted, we're just before the new year here but as I record this but I mean at at the time it still reigns true it's hard to win in this conference it's hard to win on the road in this league and winning against a caliber of team like Creighton uh, that's going to go a long way for these Wildcats here in the early going but um, biggest takeaways here in this one at least for me I I brought up the steal number uh, which is huge for the Wildcats winning the turnover battle is good in any sport you're playing with the ball and offense and defense, but uh, especially basketball and especially college basketball, and Villanova did a very good job uh, turning over this Creighton team. They forced 16 turnovers. They had 10 steals. They had half as many turnovers as Creighton did, but we've been saying it all year. One thing that uh, Villanova just gets better and better at uh, is, their, is their defense, and tonight they against this Creighton team, they played an elite, not a good, an elite three-point shooting team, and they held them a 5 of 24 from beyond the arc. I mean, you have guys like Baylor Shireman, Trey Alexander, Stephen Ashworth, you name it. I, I mean, these guys can hit from deep. 5 of 24, incredibly, incredibly impressive uh, stuff from the defensive end. Uh, for the Wildcats. I mean, there was a key for the game for Kyle Neptune, as it is every game. <laughs> Defense and rebounding is always going to be the onus for this team, but uh, incredibly impressive stuff. Um, individual performances, Eric Dixon. What more is there to say about what he can do? I mean, the game winning three with 28 seconds left in overtime, he's carried this offense single handedly for spurts this season. I. I don't know where this team would be without him. I mean, he has been Villanova's best player. He's playing at a first-team All-Big East level right now, and I don't think that's crazy to say at all. Um, this team lacks consistency, but one constant that that they've really, really been able to rely on this year is Eric Dixon showing up, and Eric Dixon showing up in big games. Four three-pointers he made, uh, 32 points in 37 minutes. Uh, Hakeem Hart. Uh, in my opinion, uh, should be a starter. He had 10 points off the bench, 33 minutes. Uh, I mean, what he brings to this team leadership-wise, um, what he brings to this team on the defensive end, uh, he can handle the ball. Um, Hakeem Hart has been one of the biggest surprises of the season for this team. Um And I mean that in the absolute best way possible. And last person I wanted to shout out here, Jordan Longino. I mentioned he had four steals early on to go along with his eight points, 37 minutes. Of course, he's one of our best uh, perimeter defenders, and he led the charge on the defensive end uh, on the perimeter. Like I mentioned on this Creighton team, Um, 5 of 24 is just a baffling number uh, for a team that can shoot the three ball as well as these Creighton Blue Jays can outstanding stuff. There's a lot of positives to take away from this one and a lot of positives to take away from their win uh, at DePaul, which look, DePaul's not world beaters, right? But this is still the Big East. You still got to go on the road. You still got to play the games. This was, I mean, they weren't world beaters last year. Looking back, uh, their record last year was 10 and 23. You want to know which one of their games that they won out of the 10? They beat Villanova at Wintrust. So going back there this year and putting a shellacking on this DePaul team the way that they did was, was impressive. Um, I don't want to say that it was a perfect game. I mean, playing devil's advocate and looking at the final box score here, Villanova lost the turnover battle to DePaul, who's currently ranked 239th in Ken Palm, 217th ranked defense. They got turned over 16 times by this DePaul team, which isn't great. I mean, this isn't Bahama ball that these Villanova Wildcats are playing. Uh, They had an outstanding shooting night, 12 of 13 from the free throw line, 54% from deep. They made 12 of them and 52% from the field. Hakeem Hart. Um, I just sung his praises in the Creighton game. He looked even better in this one. 20 points in 20 minutes. 4-4 uh, four four from 3. He was the game MVP here on Ken Palm. Um, but, I mean, this was a game where Colin O'Toole saw minutes. Uh, grabbed a rebound, so shout-out Colin O'Toole. We love that. Uh, arguably the biggest Colin O'Toole fan on the planet. Um, so shout-out to him. But um, everybody on Villanova's team that played more than 10 minutes had an offensive rating percentage over 100, which is unheard of in these new next-gen stats era on Ken Palm. Um, The offense clicked. They held DePaul to 48 points. Uh, DePaul held DePaul to 48 points in a way, 4 of 24 from deep, 13 of 32 from the field. Uh, It it was an ugly game from DePaul, Um, but it was a win for Villanova you know I I don't want to take too too much away from it because like I mentioned going on the road in this league and winning is tough um and and there's not too many negatives to take away from an 84 to 48 victory I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking for something I I, I want to bring the I want to bring it regress to the mean here a little bit um we're gonna preview Xavier here in a minute I don't want to I don't want to say it was a perfect game because it wasn't but damn impressive nonetheless to go on the road and and take two uh, early on in Big East play. That's that's so important um, because as of right now, it's it's not a guarantee that Villanova will get in that large bid. And um, any game in this Big East slate is important. So two and zero oh on the road to start conference play uh, with a chance to make that three in a row when they play Xavier. We will get to that preview here in just a minute, but. I do need to tell you about my friends over at home field apparel guys. they just had a new drop. It was they're called dad hats and, and they are exactly what they are marketed as um, they have some for, for Vanderbilt, Virginia, Seton hall, looks like UNC Montana Baylor that they, they got a bunch of dad hats. They don't have one for our Villanova wildcats yet, but they do have, some outstanding Wildcat merchandise. So please go check out their website at homefieldapparel.com. Go get yourself a patented Trevor Kerr bomber jacket. You will look outstanding as does he. Um, I'm gonna cop up on one of these uh, dad hats. I don't know which school I'm gonna get yet. I definitely can't wear it um, out in, in the Villanova sphere, but uh, really cool designs, really great material, really great quality. Can't say enough good things about home field apparel. Use code NOVAINSIDER for 15% off at checkout and you will not be disappointed. Moving on, we are now at our game preview for the Xavier at Villanova Wednesday, January 3rd matchup. This is an 8.30 p.m. tip on Fox Sports 1. Um, This is a late tip and this is a game that might put you to bed even earlier. Both of these defenses are ranked inside the top 25 on Ken Palm's defensive efficiency metric. Xavier at 23. Villanova crept all the way back up to 17, uh, which is quite impressive. One glaring difference is the offensive efficiency. Xavier ranked at 84. Villanova all the way down to 39, so they cracked the top 40 there. Um, One big thing that is going to be A matchup to look for, I guess I'll put it that way, is going to be how Xavier will try to contain Eric Dixon. Uh, Abu Azmain from Brooklyn, New York, is Xavier's best bet. 6'10", 240. He's a senior, and he is physical. Uh, He is not scared to pick up fouls in the paint. Um, And and it'll be a good matchup for Eric. Uh, Down low, it'll be interesting to see how Kyle Neptune uses him to stretch the floor in this one. Um, But yeah, that'll definitely be a matchup I'm looking for. Another matchup I'm going to look for is uh, the trio of guards and forwards that uh, Xavier possesses. Quincy Oliveri, Desmond Claude, and Davion McKnight will pose problems for a lot of teams in the conference, and especially uh, Villanova. One guy, uh, Quincy Oliveri reigning from Atlanta, Georgia, just had 29 points on the 23rd. Against Seton Hall, this was a Seton Hall team that took care of business against UConn on their home court, and then this is a Xavier team that beat U- or I'm sorry that beat that same Seton Hall team by 20 on their home floor. The good news for Villanova fans: uh, this Xavier team, home and on the road, are two different teams. It appears now looking at the uh, stats here, this is only Xavier's. Third true road game. They had two neutral site games in which they went one and one uh, with a loss against the Huskies of Washington and a win against St. Mary's all the way back in mid-November. But they've only been away from home truly twice this year. and One is an understandable loss to Purdue. Only by 12 uh, early on in the year, their third game of the year. They lost 83-71 to to Purdue, uh, who's going to win a bunch of regular season games this year. What happens in March is is to be seen, but that's a that's a story for another podcast. But uh, their only other away game was against St. John's fairly recently. Uh, it was right before they played Seton Hall, and they lost eighty one to sixty six. Kind of non competitive game against a hot and cold St. John's team. So uh, Villanova's taking care of business generally at the Finneran Pavilion uh, this year. It, it's a little different obviously, you know, with all the circumstances, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how Xavier responds. Sean Miller's a great head coach. He's got a bunch of talent this year. There were some, there's a quote that was kind of telling that came out uh, from the Xavier team earlier on in the year, uh, that they were a leaderless team. Uh, I believe that was Quincy Aloveri, who called it a leaderless group after Xavier's loss to Delaware. And Kind of looking through their team, they don't have a glue guy. Zach Fremantle and Jerome Hunter, two guys expected to be really big uh glue guys, or not even glue guys. I mean, really big contributors for this team um, are out this year. Zach Fremantle with, of course, the lower body injury and Jerome Hunter with an undisclosed injury I won't touch on. But, I mean, moving on with this Xavier team, they have a very similar path to making the tournament as Villanova did last year. In fact, if you go on their Bart Torvik page, they have this feature called Similar Resumes, and the one that comes up at the top of the page is 2023 Villanova. That's last year's team. Um, is most similar to Xavier's resume right now, and they're early on in Big East play, and we were still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at this point last year, too. I mean, there is a path for the Xavier team to make the tournament, uh, but it is going to be an uphill battle. Now, for this Villanova team, uh, in terms of making the tournament, there's a tweet by the full 40 here. Um, Of course, this is early January when this podcast is going to get released. So too early to be discussing this in depth. But it's always good to kind of know where you're at. And that's kind of the point of these podcasts. That's why we're listening. So the full 40 compiled um, Villanova's resume info as we get set to embark on the 2024 portion of the schedule. They're 26 in the net, 22 in Kempom, 24 KPI, 19 in BPI. Bart Torvik has them at 23, and Haslametrics has them all the way up at 16. What does all this mean right now? Absolutely nothing, but it's a good measuring stick for where we should be in terms of making the tournament. It's also important to note that all of those rankings are about within 10 spots of each other. The highest one here, uh, 26. The lowest one, 16. So yeah, exactly 10 spots, um, which is great. You, you don't want any outliers. You don't want to leave that up to chance because Lord knows what goes into uh, some of those metrics. So looking at this Villanova team, there's a realistic chance to start 5-0 and in Big East play. Uh, they've got the hard part down. I mean, they beat Creighton on the road. They took down DePaul. They did their job there, um, and they're projected to win their next three games. Ken Palm has them winning against Xavier on Wednesday, seventy-three to sixty-six. Then they have St. John's and DePaul at home before they ship out to Marquette and take on the Golden Eagles. But if they can win these next three games, Xavier, St. John's, and Paul, I think that springboards the rest of their the rest of their conference play, and, and who knows. I mean, who knows with this league anymore? We've seen teams lose that shouldn't lose and win and who shouldn't win. So this is going to be a crazy year in the Big East. You know where to find all the up-to-date information. I'm not going to give a prediction because every time I do, we just lose anyway. So um, no prediction in hopes that I can kind of trick the uh, the bad juju into going our way for once. But That is going to be today's episode. I hope you all enjoy. I hope you all can stay awake and fully enjoy this game against the Xavier Musketeers on Wednesday at the Finneran Pavilion. No forging the Fin this week. I won't be there, but uh, follow all of our writers and everyone in the Villanova Insider Network. It's a great community that um, I'm a part of on Twitter. Um, And yeah, I hope to see you all in the next episode of the Mainline Minute. Thank you for joining me for this one. Have a good night.